Hello, welcome to the Better Outcomes Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Each episode, we bring you a conversation with leaders across the healthcare industry, exploring topics ranging from new treatment techniques and interventions to novel service delivery methods and business models. And now your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions, a leader in patient engagement and retention strategy. Let's explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Well, hey, welcome to another episode of the Better Outcomes Show. I'm your host, Rafi Salazar from Rehab U Practice Solutions. This week, I know we've talked about telehealth in the past. We've talked about um, secure messaging. We've talked about asynchronous telehealth. We've talked about ways that we can use technology in healthcare to both increase access, decrease cost, and improve the overall quality of care. And all of these topics have kind of circled around um, what I've called and what a lot of other folks in the space have been calling a hybrid model of healthcare, one where virtual services like synchronous telehealth, asynchronous telehealth, and in-clinic appointments or in-person appointments and treatments and services kind of blend seamlessly together. Now, we have not talked about that a whole lot on the show, so I decided that the best thing to do is to reach out to somebody and get them on to talk about it. So <laughs> this week, we've got um, a physical therapist. His name is Anung Chokshi, and he's uh, the clinical officer, the chief clinical officer for a company called Include Health. And what Include Health does, he'll talk a little bit about it in the show, but they're basically a platform that helps integrate information among all the stakeholders within a course of care for an individual, uh, which helps us move more towards that value-based system of healthcare, but one really that is truly hybrid, where technology is used um, as, a, as a force multiplier, if you would, for clinicians, and it's not seen as something siloed, like, okay, we've got the, the virtual track for folks, or we've got the in-person track for patients, but really blending them seamlessly together. So we talk a little bit about that on, on this episode. We dive into a little bit about what Include Health is, but a lot of the show really, and a lot of the, the interview and the conversation really centers around this idea of a hybrid model of healthcare. So I'm hoping uh, at the end of this conversation, you walk away with maybe some tips, tricks, strategies that you could use to implement in your own organizations, but maybe it's just a different way of viewing virtual health and the way that it's going to play a role in healthcare going forward. So without further ado, here's Anung Chokshi with uh, Include Health talking about hybrid healthcare. Well, hey, Anung, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you very much. No, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, thanks for coming on and talking with us. For those who might not know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your kind of your professional background, and then we'll kind of dive into this whole idea of, of hybrid healthcare delivery. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So my name is Anung Choksi. I'm a physical therapist by trade. I'm, uh, uh, I've been, uh, I am, I'm 
on the West Coast out here in San Diego. Um, I'm originally from Canada. So I moved from Canada, did my education in Michigan, University of Michigan Flint, and then eventually made my uh, way out West to, uh, to California for, for, nice. for working as yeah. a PT. So grew up in Nova Scotia in Canada. So I went from the East Coast of North America to the to the southwest as, as almost as far as you can be from Nova yeah. Scotia now. <laughs> a little warmer, a little warmer. And so, yeah. And um, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you've been in the PT space for a while, right? How many years you've been working in PT? Yeah, I've been in PT for over 15 years. Um, okay. You know, primarily I, I'm a sports orthopedic uh, physical therapist. I went through all my fellowships and residencies and uh, and, and I was able, before I got into the tech world, I was really ma uh, managing clinic, a uh, sports orthopedic clinic outside of LA, um, prior oh, cool to deal. joining the tech world. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've had experience then doing in-person healthcare service delivery, and now you're kind of in this virtual tech space, right? That's right. You know, it kind of, it kind of happened overnight in a sense, you know, I, I kind of stumbled upon it. I was working in a clinic, um, really enjoy what I was doing and, uh, we had some tech in there and, and a friend reached out to me and kind of said, Hey, I'm not, I'm working at this research organization. We're looking at, uh, this new technology is coming out and want to kind of run this by you, run some questions by you. And, you know, because I had tech in there and we've always talked about the field of physical therapy and, you know, always kind of felt this, what more can I do for the patients and kind exactly, of yeah. th this, this conversation kind of just evolved over time. Okay, cool deal. Well, We'll talk a little bit more about what you do and that this whole idea of hybrid health here in a minute, but you've been in on the, like the in-person space, treating patients in the clinic, and now you're kind of in the tech virtual care space. As far as just service delivery and the skill sets maybe required for each, how, how do those two things uh, differ and how are they similar? You know, in terms of the similarity, it's still the same thing. You're, you're still being a physical therapist or clinician, right? You're using your skill set of observation uh, and, and development of, of your clinical decisions based on subjective reporting. And I think both in the clinic and as, as, it's all about the patient. It's patient centricity, right? Yeah. And I think if you are uh, providing that type of care in the clinic, you will be able to provide that type of care um, through via telehealth. And it's, it's all about making sure the patient is supported and the patient is, is the center of, of the recovery and of the plan. You know, in terms of how it differs a little bit, obviously, <laughs> the most obvious case, you can't, you can't get your hands on them yeah. as much, right? <laughs> but that's, that's the big thing. But I, I think also you have to be um, a little more potentially at times creative with technology, right? And understand that technology may not work all the time, right? And if it does, you got to do what's best for the patient, right? You, you bring them into the clinic or, hey, if the, vert, if the uh, telehealth, uh, synchronous telehealth is not working, pick up the phone. There's always other ways to communicate with the patient, um, not just uh, kind of default to, to, to that tech itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that leads us kind of into this, this whole idea. Like when it comes to telehealth, virtual health, uh, you and I have had this conversation before, but it seems like organizations kind of put patients on a workflow, right? You're either in the virtual healthcare track or line of care, and you're, you're going and you're, you're basically doing start to finish in, in virtual, or you're doing everything in the clinic, um, and patients either get treated in the clinic or they run through the virtual workflow. But we've talked a little bit about this idea of hybrid care. Can you explain what we mean by hybrid care and some of your thoughts around that? Yeah, you know, so, so hybrid care to me is really providing the right type of care at the right place at the right time for that patient. 
Yeah. So that can be either in person or that can be uh, via uh, via remote or virtual, whatever it may be. It's it's you know it, I think it's uh, similar to um, how we do many things right in, uh, in many different industries. For you know, for example, banking right. We it's a hybrid experience now right. Yeah. You can do a lot of your banking virtually, but when you need to have a meet go, go in person, you can still go into the bank as needed right. It's so it's evolving the 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 industry in that way. And so when it comes to PT, and, and when you think of a hybrid other hybrid industries of you know banking or even. Uh, now with restaurants, there were delivery, food deliveries, or, or grocery shopping, right? All those type of things where with Amazon Fresh or in even now your regular grocery stores delivering food home. All of that is, you know, they, they see the, the, uh, the consumer, in our case, who's the, the patient, the consumer, yeah. what there's, you know, they're, they're giving back their time. And time is a very important commodity for consumers. And so when it comes to healthcare, I think, how can we be more efficient in healthcare? And that is by delivering a hybrid model, because now we're identifying a patient clinically uh, based on the clinical representation, based on the clinic, also their social support at home. Where's the best place to help them? Is it really to help them and bring them into the clinic? Is it to do a virtual consult or is it even better for me to even go to their home and do it versus even making them come to me? Right. And I think there's many different organizations and people out there who are evolving that. So that hybrid model to me is, you know, like going back to it, is really identifying what is the best place for that patient uh, to get some type of care. Because if they can't come in, is it better for them to get nothing? I would say no. And I think it's better to, you know, use technology to kind of help them um, where they are and where they need to be at that moment in time. So that's why it's, you know, and I see every patient as a hybrid and, you know, versus like you said, A and a B. And you have yeah. a dial. That dial goes up. That dial goes down based on the clinical need and presentation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know when I was consulting for behavioral health, Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Disabilities, we did a lot of, at first it was all, we were either going to the person's home or they were coming to us. And then everything happened in 2020, we went virtual. And one of the things about it, at least for us, is like you're dealing with, like you said, time. And sometimes it's not even the patient's time, right? It's the clinician's time. If they're going to someone's house or if they're- in there right. with, you know, five or six, pay, it just, it's from an efficiency standpoint, the time gets decreased, but you're still able to keep a high level of productivity or even just impact on patients. Right. right. Oh, definitely. And I think that you nailed on the head because right? if you're in the car driving, that's, that's downtime when you're not able to be productive with a patient. And so um, using technology to then again, just some people are going to need it. Some people do need it. And a lot of people do need it. Not even some, a lot. You just, you know, we have to identify, you know, who the, this type of care is appropriate for in terms of a technology based a bit and who it may not be. And I think everyone has that capability. And I think what I've learned over the years is we, we, we tend to think people are, um, less appropriate for technology than we really uh, give them yeah. uh, a chance, right? And we, we at times, uh, are, are afraid to push them that way because we think that they won't be able to do it. And uh, it, it's quite amazing, you know, uh, from, my, from my previous experience over the years of the, the ability of patients to really adopt this type of way of care. And when they come back and tell you how appreciative they are and they, because it's still about them, Right, and they feel more supported. They feel supported, equally supported, as they do in in-person care. 
Yeah. And like you said, you're basically just building it around their needs, wants, and desires, right? Like some patients might want to come in and some patients right. would rather not. <laughs> right. right. Especially in today's world. Right. And I, and I think, you know, there's always that fear of it's uh, you're taking away care. And as if you do it correctly right, as a clinician and, and you, again, I keep on going by keeping the patient as the center of this model, the patient is going to actually feel like they're getting, they, they can get more care because you're in touch with them more frequently you are, uh, know what they're doing more frequently if you have that type of technology as part of your, as part of your program, right? As your Harvey program, where you understand not only what they're doing when they're in front of you in the clinic or in front of you on telehealth, but if you have the ability to understand what they're doing in the community or have the ability to or what they're doing at home um, when you're not with them or have eyes on them, that just makes that relationship stronger. And PTs, and clinicians, OTs, and, and, you know, we, we value our relationship with our patients. And yeah. I think, you know, this is, this is the important thing now, right? Um, with, especially this new day and age with technology is building a relationship, continue to build a relationship via technology as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that kind of opens up, you mentioned it a little bit too, like getting people in and doing synchronous telehealth, but this type of care, or this, at least this philosophy of care where, where it's going to be a hybrid or we're going to offer what people need when they need it kind of opens the door to thinking outside the box. Right. And a lot of times when people think about telehealth, they think like what we're doing now over a zoom call, it's live, yep. it's heads up, but that's just the tip of the iceberg, right. When it comes to, to telehealth. It's been my um, uh, thinking for a while, and, and I, I think everyone has done an amazing job at adopting uh, a, a version of telehealth, and I'm calling it telehealth 1.0 yeah. because of the pandemic, right? I, I've been trying to put, I've been talking about technology for a while, and when you talk to clinicians in general, you know, there, there's some skepticism, there's some afraid of being replaced by technology and or, or telehealth. It's like I. I can't do it. And I think what the pandemic has done has opened clinicians' eyes to the possibilities of how to use, do telehealth. And I think everyone's done an amazing job uh, of this synchronous care. But when you think about it as a clinician, you know, if I'm going to, obviously, if they can't come in the clinic, it's valuable to spend this time. But it, it, over time, it doesn't make you efficient. When you go back to that conversation we had yeah. you know, just a few minutes ago, you're talking about efficiency. That's not the true efficiency, right? When you think about the stats out there, right, where in terms of physical therapy, only 10% of all people who need physical therapy actually go to get to physical therapy or people who get to it only complete 30 to 35% of their care. Yeah, exactly. So there's a large number of people who are not getting into physical therapy. And so the question becomes, do we compete each other over the 10% or how can we kind of, you know, increase our encatchment to maybe 20% or 25%. If we double that number of people getting some type of physical therapy, of uh, access to our to the clinicians, right? Uh, uh, you know, physical therapy, occupational therapy, just improving that access to us and, and guiding them. Because some people, again, as we all know, live in rural America where they can't get in. Or if you live in urban America, in LA, yeah. five miles of driving sometimes can take 40 minutes back, right? And so it's just not convenient. And so I think this is where, I've kind of gone a little sidetracked, but this is where, you have to evolve from the synchronous care because that's not efficient. You need to have the ability to passively collect data, passively collect information that's valuable, right? That is uh, that we can use as clinicians to understand and help us uh, better inform our clinical decisions for that patient as we do have our contacts with them via face-to-face, -face, via messaging, via uh, in-person. 
person care, whatever it is. But if you have more data, you can drive better uh, behavior change as well. Yeah, exactly. And that kind of brings us to the work you're doing, right? Um, the project that you're working with at Include Health. Tell us a little bit about it, kind of what the vision is, and, and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. So, you know, the, the thing with Include Health is all about removing barriers to uh, keeping people active and healthy. It's, it's about collecting information and like, you know, almost passively and, and, and understanding what they're doing. Now, uh, the company has, uh, has evol is evolving, you know, for, it started as uh, connected equipment. So it's, uh, just to give you a little bit of a backstory, the, the, this, the CEO of the company is a designer by trade. And he saw a person in a wheelchair struggle with um, exercise equipment in the gym. And so he just felt there had to be a better way to help people um, improve access to care and, and be more inclusive of everyone. And that's where the name Include Health kind of involved. Yeah. And so they built a tech, you know, kind of a, a, a multifaceted kind of exercise equipment with a cloud platform on top of it that can prescribe it. And it won multiple many design awards and international design awards of uh, accessibility to improve accessibility for not only the uh, able or the unable or disabled bodies uh, members or people, but also geriatric populations or even able bodied people. And it, so it was able to kind of uh, instruct people how to do exercises, what activity to do and how to set it up and it would capture their information and data. It evolved and then creating sensors to track um, traditional equipment that is not on a digital platform. So you're building sensors, putting on the leg press or, or hip abduction or the new step or some other machines to collect information to then also put on that same platform. And most recently last year or in 2019, they had a kind of a, um, a partnership with Cincinnati Children's Hospital. And that's when they got into something what they called more that uh, kind of movement connection or movement based. And so moving correction, yeah. I would say, and that includes, so it's really helping people now understanding what people are doing in the clinic, in the community and beyond. Right. And that's where the next kind of generation of the company, the, the company's coming is the include form. So that's understanding what people are doing using kind of uh, that 3d, you know, the, the, the camera based technology. Yeah. So it's not, it's not something anymore that you're purchasing and sending out to a client or something like that. This is, the vision is to be able to do this on a webcam, right? Yeah. It, I think the vision is to do it, make it, make it really um, highly accessible to people, right? And, and, and really making it easy for people to do it on camera, on, on technology, right? Where um, you understand what they're doing, how they're doing it and how well they can, and how well are they doing it at home to again, make it, uh, give them access to, to clinicians and access to, to their care. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and some of this, I think it, it comes up when we talk about data, we talk about gathering this data passively and making decisions on this data. A lot of it requires, you know, sometimes artificial intelligence, sometimes even some automation. So how do we leverage that sort of technology? Because we know it's super, super powerful. If you have the data, you can make good decisions, but how do we leverage that in a way that still makes care feel personal? as opposed to just making decisions by numbers and data, right? Yeah, and I, I think, and this is, I think, where I've come from from my history in terms of a company called Reflection Health and then now Include Health here. It's about building a uh, technology that's clinician integrated, right? 
where you're, you're, you, the clinician still needs to be part of it. It's not there. You're, you're using the AI and the ML, right? The machine learning to um, capture the information and make sense of it, right? But you're, you can't take that human out of it. The human still has to be part of it. And I think that's when I come back to the hybrid model again, right? Yeah. I, I still, I, I, I'm not the per, I, I, even if you have, I'm still an advocate for having a hybrid model where the patient can come in potentially doing all virtual will work for some people, but it will not work for a, a large majority. So some, they need to have uh, the, to come into the clinic. And I think leveraging that data by in, by still developing that relationship with that human is key. And so, you know, it, it's about, um, understanding what that data is showing uh, and, and providing that information to the clinician. So making the clinician have a kind of a, a clinician kind of support decision support tool, right? Yeah. It's not really making uh, decisions for the clinicians yet. It, right. Oh, right. I say yes yeah. right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's really providing that information to the clinician where they can understand uh, where to go next and what's the, and they make the decision on what's the most appropriate care for that. Yeah. Patient. Yeah. Well, and I think it, it also opens the door too. we had uh, Bronnie Thompson on the a show a while back and she really talked about clinicians main role. If you think about it, like it's not even our hands on the patient. It's not the techniques we're doing, but part of what we do and our major role is being knowledge translators, right. For our patients yeah. and a tool mm -hmm. like this, I guess that's giving you a lot of data and distilling it so that a clinician can then make a decision. It also empowers that clinician to talk to the patient and say, you know, this is what we're seeing and this is why we're recommending this, right? Correct. It's, it's right. And that's exactly it. I think it's, you know, when you think of, even when you go to the doctor's office, the doctor's not with you the entire time. The doctor kind of sets up the treat, the, the care plan yeah. and program. And I think if we can do that more as, as physical therapists and say, okay, based on the data that I'm getting, I, you need to go this way. You need to do this exercise or, or, uh, interact, interact with uh, this type of clinician as well, or just, I think guiding them. We are MSK, um, you know, specialist, movement specialist. So how can we, you know, continue to guide the person in that way to, to make sure they're moving correctly and, and safely. And, and, you know, it's all about educating. It's always about educating. It's educating the patient, informing the patient and supporting the patient. Right. And, yeah. I, and I, I keep going saying it, but I, it comes back to me again, it comes, always comes back to keeping the patient in the center and being everything about the patient. And it's, you know, um, I think if a patient understands what, what they need to do and why they need to do it, they're going to buy into the program versus just kind of just telling sometimes someone just go exactly. do this. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Do these exercises at home and yeah. then come back in a couple of weeks. <laughs> a couple of weeks. That doesn't make sense, but Hey, you got to do this because this is the problem and this is what we're seeing. Right. And this will help you get back to you, your goal again, again, right. Your goal of going to your, grandchildren's get a soccer game or whatever it may be. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's obvious. It, it, it seems obvious to, to some, to all of us. So yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what clinicians do. That's what therapists do. Right. We are, um, that should be the way we do it, but at times you don't see it that way. And sometimes at times we, we just tell them what to do versus yeah. kind of educating them what to do and why they're doing it and taking that extra second or two. And I think that's where technology can help with, uh, providing that information at times. Yeah, exactly. And as far as, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about access and efficiency and all that kind of thing. Are you aware of any of the research that's out there around it? Like I know 
initially there was a bunch of research came out about, okay, well, telehealth can be as efficacious as in-person health, but I'm sure over the long run, we're going to see some, some changes. Talk to us a little bit about that. Like the benefits of like a hybrid model versus an all in-person or all virtual model. Yeah. 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 So, you know, um, I, obviously there's a lot of research being done by a lot of yeah. organizations and especially these, the tech companies out there. Right. And, um, you know, also doing done by therapists. And I think a lot of it's still being done with respect to synchronous telehealth, right? Yeah. And uh, especially, I know there's a, um, but I, the company where I came from, Reflection Health, we did a very large randomized perspective trial, right? A multi-center trial using technology with a clinician, with a PT who was able to drive hybrid care with, tr with traditional physical therapy. It was a multi-center trial uh, where they used uh, the technology to assess whether or not the patient needs to come into the clinic or they can just continue to be treated remotely. And when they need to come in the clinic, they came into the clinic. And we did this for total joints, uh, 300 mm -hmm. patients, 150 in each group, uh, looking at um, uh, non-inferior outcomes at, at, at six and, and 12 weeks, as well as cost of care, right? And again, what it's doing is it's, this is all being driven by the therapist on both sides, the traditional care and the, uh, and the hybrid care. And what we found with that now is that, you know, the, the data was not inferior. And if you look at the actual numbers, you know, of range of motion and, and also um, kind of gait speed and pain, it was slightly in favor of the hybrid model, right, of care. And, and what we found that is that we were able to save um, in a kind of in, in a payer world, like $2,700, $2,800, because the patients who were in the hybrid model, they, they were more, they had a, the therapist knew what that patient was doing at all times. And so they were able to prevent some high expenses, such as readmissions, emergency yeah. visits, because they were in communication with them, right, uh, in between the in-person uh, virtual care or the in-person care if they came into the clinic. And so the patient was able to, uh, they were able to prevent, you know, just identify those when, yeah, you don't need to go into the emergency room, that's normal. And yeah. so they were able to save roughly $2,800, right, over that. And what they were able to do is, as, as well is then also manage the number of in-person visits, right, appropriately. So traditionally they, they saw, you know, in the traditional care, roughly 10, 10 and a half. And in the virtual model of outpatient in the virtual model, it was it was less, right? And around two patients, right? Two in-person visits. They were able to manage it better because they had eyes on them every day and saw what they were doing every day and communicating with them every day. To a yeah. Degree, right? Yeah, no, that's such a huge point, especially post-op. I remember I was at the VA, we do an outpatient specialty and we had so many patients who had like a total shoulder replacement or something like that. And we'd see him on Monday and they'd be like, yeah, I was in the emergency room over the weekend. It was just really, really painful. Right. You know, it's like, we could right. have avoided that if, you know, if you'd been able to reach out to me or text or whatever. Correct. Correct. You're preventing a lot of that, which is like, we don't see it a lot of times, yeah. but the payers do, right? The payers do. That's right. <laughs> and now, and now with this value-based care model moving and inching forward slowly, talk about, you're talking about the tip of the spear or even the iceberg. That's a slow moving yeah. iceberg right there. That's where it's going to come in, right? Again, it's not about reducing visits. It's not about minimizing in-person care. It's about identifying what's appropriate for that patient and, and then identifying, you know, how can you manage them uh, more effectively and manage them the entire time, not just manage them when they're in front of you. That's the key thing.
Yeah, no, I think that's a great way to look at it, that, that we're not just trying to reduce costs. No. I mean, the long run is hopefully that it costs becomes more efficient and less costly, but you're, we really are trying to do what is best for the patient at the time that it's best for the patient. Right. And it's, and again, it's not about reducing care, right? I, I don't, I strongly disagree with that. You know, I think, you know, the whole thing I always tell people is like, I know what they're doing seven days a week versus knowing just twice a week what they're yeah. doing or three times a week if they come to my clinic three times a week. And now I know what they're doing seven days a week. So I'm in touch with them somehow, eyes on them seven days a week. If they haven't logged in or they haven't done any activity, I could reach out to them, right? Or, or, or even prevent something like an ER visit because they have access to me yeah. as well, right? For just a quick little text message or quick call. Yeah. Right, that's an answer a question. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I get excited every time I talk with somebody about this type of healthcare. I'm like, this should be like, just standard care. I don't know well, why it's taken us so long to get here, right? <laughs> that's exactly it. It, it. it seems obvious, right? And, and, and if you have implemented it, and I would imagine the VA is very similar just because of the model that they have. And if you yeah. can implement something like that, it, it's, it feels, it's different. It's different, but it feels normal too, right? It just, that's what it should be like. Yeah. That's, that's the feeling. So exactly. Well, thanks for taking the time. Um, yeah. If you could give our listeners maybe just one or two main points that you want them to walk away with, what would they be? My, my main thing is, you know, uh, is to think of technology as a friend, not as a foe, right? Is uh, technology <laughs> is, is not there to replace us. I know as a profession, as a clinic, as therapist, sometimes we are worried that it's replacing us. We are, it's not, it can't, right? It can just enhance what we can do. And it, what it can do is it, it can help us impact more lives. Yeah. And I think that's the key thing for me, right, is, is using tech, leveraging technology to impact, to Im improve the impact on lives out there. Because that's why we all have got into this profession, because we love to help people. And uh, yeah, that's, exactly. that's the main thing. It's all about patience, right? Yep. Well, where can people find you, follow you, connect with you, see what you're doing at Include Health? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the company calls Include Health. Um, as you can look me up there, it's my Anung. Uh, if you ever want to reach out to me, please reach out to me. It's my first name, Anung, A-N-A-N-G dot Choksi, C-H-O-K-S-H-I at includehealth.com. Also, um, LinkedIn, you know, hit me up on LinkedIn or even on Twitter. Um, cool I, deal. Uh, yeah, either way, anywhere, any of those places, it'll be great to connect with anyone. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking the time, Anung. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Anung Chakshi from Include Health, talking about leveraging technology and rolling out and implementing really hybrid healthcare and how it really is going to be the future of the industry. I think we joked about it a little bit in the <laughs> during the conversation, but this type of care should really be standard. It should not be something unique or or novel that we have a, a hybridized system. It seems like every other industry has moved in that direction from banking to, to restaurants to, to everything. I mean, how much, how much of the things that you do now can be done at some level virtually, even grocery shopping? I mean, you can do your, your, uh, your grocery list, order it, and then show up and it gets delivered, right? Like all of these things are, are just very, very basic to our life now. And it's just leveraging, leveraging technology to deliver the services in a way that's cheaper, faster, more efficient. So healthcare should definitely be moving in that direction as well. Um, I, I always enjoy having conversations with folks like Anung who are, who've kind of stepped out of the, the traditional 
uh, clinical space and moved into this like leveraging and innovating in their in really in the healthcare space in general like the, what include health has to offer is more than just physical therapy and more than just um, musculoskeletal like the 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 ideas behind it the tool that it is really has applications across across the wide array of healthcare so um, that's all I've got for now, folks. If you liked the show, if you like what we're doing here, head on over to iTunes, give us a rating and re- review. Helps people find the show. Um, if you want to keep in touch with what we're doing, you can head over to rehabupracticesolutions.com and uh, find the, the podcast, sign up, and we'll send you a, an email whenever we drop a new episode. We do that usually every other week on a Wednesday. And every now and then you'll get a bonus episode that gets thrown in on the off weeks. Um, but we'll send you an email with, with links to everybody's contact information the, and all that. So you can go read about them, connect with them on LinkedIn or something if that's available. Other than that, folks, if you are ready to acquire, engage, and retain more patients, helping you increase your revenue, decrease your no-shows and cancellations, and deliver better outcomes and higher patient satisfaction, then I would encourage you to go check out our ultimate patient experience blueprint. You can do that at www.rehabupracticesolutions.com slash UPE. A little bit about the patient, the ultimate patient experience blueprint. It gives you the tools to both train your staff and clinicians to be able to confidently communicate the value your organization provides. We help you develop a system that keeps patients and clients happy, engaged, and satisfied throughout their course of care. And we help you develop the systems, both on the marketing and on the operational side, to both bring in more patients, retain them throughout their course of care, and to create uniquely impactful patient experiences. We start you off with a a diagnostic and positioning exercise, move you through what we call patient relationship mapping. And uh, from the patient relationship map, we then move into your marketing messaging strategies. And from there, we move to your process, your operational processes, and what I call the value framework, where we help you develop specific strategies related to discussing and providing those high value, high impact services to your patients based on the identified messaging, uh, the resources and the targeted stage that we've developed and we've identified through your patient relationship mapping. Again, if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to www.rehabupracticesolutions.com slash UPE to learn more about the program, what it entails, and, and then reach out to us and I'd love to have a conversation with you about what we can do to help you and your organization. Until the next time, guys, be safe, be healthy. I will talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Better Outcome Show, where we explore the possibilities of a new healthcare. Our hope is that you walk away from each episode informed, equipped, and empowered to push the boundaries in your own practice or business. We want to give you the tools to help you build strong, long-lasting relationships with your patients and clients helping meet their goals, improve their health, and achieve better outcomes. Learn more at www.rehabupracticesolutions.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.